0: Open them up to Acts chapter 11, hallelujah, Acts chapter 11, verses 21 through 23, get a pen handy because I want you to underline a phrase here as I read this, if you have one. It says this, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. Get your pen ready now. When he came and had seen the grace of God. Underline, seen the grace of God. The grace of God should be seen. Next, he was glad, get your pen ready, and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. So I want you to underline seeing the grace of God and then underline encourage them, encourage them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. Now, go back with me to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, just one scripture, verse 8. All right. Are you having fun yet? All right. Says this, Daniel 1 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart, underline that phrase, that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. All right. Today I want to talk about on-purpose Christianity. On-purpose Christianity. I want to talk about living the Christian life on purpose. With vision. Now listen, what does the word purpose mean? The word purpose in Webster's Dictionary is defined as this. A result which is desired to obtain willpower, deliberately, and intentionally. You know, everything we do as Christians must be done on purpose, with a purpose. We need to constantly think of, we need to constantly remind ourselves intentionally, deliberately, to choose to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. On purpose. I'm talking about purpose today. You know, I was, just, I was thinking about this as I was writing this message. A person does not become a Christian by accident. Do you know that? A Christian just doesn't get saved by accident. There is nobody on this earth that got saved by accident. They made an on-purpose choice to believe the gospel and to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. On purpose. Are you hearing me? The day that we got saved, if you're a Christian in this place, the day that you got saved is the day that purpose entered your life. Did you know that? Before that, in your life, there really was no purpose. There was no aim. There was no goal for your life. Because only Jesus Christ can bring purpose and fill that void in a person's life. Can you say amen? Amen. But, listen, it is easy, however, as a Christian, to lose sight of your purpose. Especially when the spiritual attacks start to come in our life. I'm talking to someone in here the end zone or the goal of our life begins to grow dim in those times is anyone breathing in here <laughs> no let's break this down even more the goal that we should be aiming for in just a normal day it becomes extremely foggy doesn't it have you ever been there before i have I mean, come on, with all the responsibilities in our life, with our family, with our job, everything else that tries to get our attention, it's very easy to let hours, days, even weeks go by without drawing close to the Lord. Amen? And then when you take a step back, when you finally come to yourself, and you realize how much time truly has passed, without doing anything of eternal value, it breaks your heart. I'm talking about living the Christian life on purpose. With purpose. With a vision. Today I want to help you refocus your spiritual vision in a few areas of your Christian life. I believe that these are the things the Holy Spirit put upon my heart that you need to hear. Every time when I come into a message, I always say, Lord, let me speak that which will perfect that which is lacking in the faith of the hearers. Whatever, those who are listening to me here, and, and the audience goes beyond this building, we're on the radio, we're on the internet, as you see on the back of your, uh, on the back of your bulletin some quotes from some people. That's just a few. We get, we get tons of those kind of email. But I'm talking about living a life on purpose for the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan and evil spirits, they want to divert us from on-purpose Christianity. I don't know if you knew that or not, but now you do. They want to divert us from living a life of purpose, on-purpose Christianity. So they want us to stay so busy that we neglect the things that really matter in life. And it's when we lose sight of purpose, when we lose that vision in our life, that's when depression, that's when hopelessness and despair begin to overtake us, yea, even as Christians, which ought not to be. Are you hearing me? And it's at that point when we lose sight of our purpose, that's when sin overtakes us in our life. The Word of God says in Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says, Where there is no revelation, no vision, or purpose, you could say, the people perish or cast off restraint. What does that mean? It means a lack of purpose, a lack of revelation, a lack of vision is going to hinder us from moving forward in life. You see, it's, it's purpose that helps us to move forward in life. It's purpose that motivates us to obey God. And I'm telling you, we need to keep this in, the, in our hearts constantly, in our minds constantly. Right before, right before we, our, our feet hit the ground in the morning, right when we wake up, we need to purpose in our heart That every minute and every second of that very day needs to be dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. Every second. I mean, along with prayer, along with reading and studying the Bible, before you start your day, I want to encourage you to do this. I want to encourage you to write something on a piece of paper, and I want you to confess this before your feet hit the ground every morning. I'm going to give you just an example. Ready? Now listen, I want you to keep this thing within, within arm distance of your bed. Right before your feet hit the ground. I want to challenge you to do this and encourage you to do this. Write something like this. Today, I purpose in my heart to represent my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, everywhere I go. Today, I purpose in my heart not to defile myself with sin and with anything that would pull me away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Today I purpose in my heart to walk in love toward every person I come in contact with. Today I purpose in my heart to destroy Satan's kingdom and to advance the kingdom of God everywhere I go. I'm telling you right now, if we, if you, if we don't do this, if we lose track of our purpose, we wander. We stray off the narrow road That's when the deception of sin comes into our life. Are you hearing me? But I want to encourage you, something like that. Put something on paper. And you need to read and confess this out loud. Take it to work with you. Read it on your break. Or wherever you're at. James 3, 4. The Word of God compares the tongue to a rudder on a ship. A rudder is what turns a ship. And the words that we speak set our course for that day. And the words that we speak set the course for our very life. Do you have a revelation of that? So speak the word of God. Speak that confession like I just gave you. Before you even start your day. I guarantee you, you will start to see a difference. You read that several times throughout the day. You're keeping this always before you. You're keeping your purpose always in your heart. In Daniel 1.8, the Word of God says that Daniel purposed in his heart. Not to defile himself. I'm telling you, if we are going to walk and live a life of holiness, it needs to be purposed in our heart. You just don't live a life of commitment and holiness to God by accident. You don't do it. No, because I'll tell you right now, by default, the flesh wins. Amen. Come on. By default, the flesh wins. That's why you and I have to choose to walk in the Spirit. we got to choose. We've got to purpose in our heart not to defile ourselves. And come on now, I, I don't believe that this for Daniel was just a one-time thing. I believe Daniel had to purpose it in his heart every single day of his life. Because, come on, he was human just like us. He was no different than us. I mean, when temptations came. But he was on guard. Why? Because every day he purposed in his heart not to defile himself. Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. But he was on guard. And he came against Satan with the written word of God, didn't he? Jesus even had to purpose in His heart to follow His heavenly Father. Psalms 119.11 says this, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, that's, that's good to know, isn't it? But how many of you know we need to position ourselves we need to position ourselves to get the word of God in our heart. It's not there by default. It's you know what I'm saying? It's not there by default. We need to position ourselves to put the word in our heart. Hide it in our heart that we would not sin or defile ourselves. And that's the importance of reading and studying the Bible. Attending a good Bible-believing church on a regular basis that is preaching and teaching the full Word of God. And those things need to be done on purpose in our life. Because I'll tell you right now, the devil will give you so many excuses not to do those things. Won't he? How many of you have figured that out yet? Satan truly is the king of excuses. And if you want one, he's got one for you. Well, I'd rather just go do this than maybe sit on my bed, read, and study the Word. Well, I'd rather go do this than go to church today. Hello? You need to know where that's really coming from. And well, there's another thing I found out. When Satan's fighting you so hard on something, there's a reason why. Some, some of you Christians in here, the, the enemy keeps telling you you're no good, you're nothing. Hello, take the opposite of that. You are good, you are somebody because of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He wouldn't be fighting you if he wasn't threatened by it. Amen? But these things, we need to position ourselves to get the Word of God in our heart. They must be done on purpose in our life. Go to Acts 17. I want to show you something here. Acts chapter 17, uh, verses 10 and 11. I'm talking about on purpose Christianity. You lose sight of your purpose as a Christian? You lose sight of your vision? That's the day you're backsliding. That's the day you're falling apart. You're being taken off of the vine. Amen? Acts 17, 10 and 11 says this. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. Why? In that they received the word with all readiness and searched the Scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. This passage compares the Jews who were in Berea to the Jews who were in Thessalonica that Paul preached the word of God to. And it says those in Berea were more fair-minded. Now the King James says more noble, means more wise than those in Thessalonica because of two things they did. Write these down if you have a pen. Number one, those in Berea received the Word of God with all readiness. They were hungry. They were willing to hear the Word of God. Position yourselves. Number two, what else did they do? Those in Berea, the Word of God says, they searched the Scriptures daily to find out whether those things were so that Paul was preaching So do you want to be noble or a wise Christian in God's sight? Then you need to receive the word of God with all readiness. And you need to search the scriptures daily. Now I want to say something here. Just because I preach it right here, you need to go study it for yourself. Because I'll tell you right now, the only infallible person that walked this earth is Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? You need, to go pre, you need to go study and search the Scriptures for yourself to confirm it in your own heart to see if it's so. Now, I hope everything I'm preaching is in line with the Word. I believe it is. But you need to go search it out for yourself. Confirm it in your own heart from the Word of God. You see it for yourself. Amen? Go to 1 Peter chapter 4. Any minister that tells you just to take everything at his word without going to search it for himself, leave that church. Do yourself a favor. 1 Peter 4 verses 1 through 3. Page uh, 1768 on mine. <laughs> Little teaser there. You've got to search for it. Alright. Now, 1 Peter 4, 1 through 3. Listen to this. Therefore, Since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer shall live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime, come on, who can say amen to this, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, the unsaved, when we walked in, the, in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable I- idolatries. This passage of Scripture is telling us Christians literally to arm ourselves, be on guard. I, I always use the example, I've got to say it because I'm a pilot. When an airliner's coming in for landing, the pilot arms the spoilers on the wing. Spoilers are on top of a wing and they come up and they slow an airplane down. Well, on final approach into landing, the pilots arm the spoilers. What does that mean? They're coming down. When the wheels hit the ground, the spoilers are armed and they come up. When the enemy comes your way and says something, you've got to be armed with the word of God to come right back at him. Are you hearing me? You've got to arm yourself. Jesus was Armed. Are you hearing me? Like Brother Mike here, the state, state trooper. Armed. We need to be armed. we got to have our, our mind just prepared. Just know Satan's going to come. Arm yourself. Be ready for it. Just know he's coming. Arm yourself with the Word. Come against him with the Word and live in a holy life. Amen? But that must be done on purpose in your life. Go to Romans 13. Romans 13. There's too many nomads in the body of Christ. Do you know what a nomad is? A wanderer. Oh, just wandering with no purpose, no goal. Now, we need to live the Christian life on purpose. Romans 13 13 and 14 listen to this let us walk properly as in the day not in revelry and drunkenness not in lewdness and lust not in strife and envy but put on the lord jesus christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you are like, what in the world does that mean? Putting on the Lord Jesus Christ in your life is nothing more and nothing less than submitting to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ in every part of your life. That's what it is. It means you got your spiritual armor on and living a holy life. That's putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, this, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're living the life, people should look at you and say, that's what Jesus would do if he was walking on this earth. That's how Jesus would act. Wow, those are the very words I bet that Jesus would say to me in that situation. Are you hearing me? People need to see Jesus in us. That's why it says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. After all, we're part of his body. Amen? Amen. And then it goes on to say, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. In other words, don't do. Don't watch. Don't go anywhere that would stir up the sinful desires on the inside of you. Don't make provision. Are you hearing me? If you, have a, if you have an addiction, have an addiction uh, to a certain sin, you must break that cycle in your life. Are you hearing me? Jesus put it this way. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. For it's better for you to enter life maimed than to go into hell intact. What's Jesus saying? He's saying whatever is in your life that's causing you to sin, get rid of it. Don't make provision. Don't make it easy to fall into that sin. Don't make it easy to fall into that trap. Amen? Getting kind of quiet in here. All right. All right. Are you okay? You with me? All right. If it's the internet, get rid of the internet. If it's your friends, get new friends. If it's your job, get a new job. You get the point, don't you? And what does it come down to? What does it come down to? It comes down to this one thing. How much do you hate that sin in your life? Oh, I know, I know. You know, in addiction, you know, people, they'll say, I don't like doing this, I don't like doing this. No, no. When you hate it enough, you'll do something about it. When you get to the, when you hit rock bottom, you, you hate it enough. You actually see that thing for how God sees it you'll do something about it. You'll do what it takes to get rid of it. But don't put yourself in a position to make it easy to sin. Rodney Howard Brown put it this way, "Don't give the devil a stick to beat you with." <laughs> I when I heard that I just about fell out, man. Isn't that good? Don't give the devil a stick to be, I mean, come on, who would be as foolish to, here's the devil. Go ahead, Satan, just go ahead and beat me over this, the head with this thing. That's what we do when we fall into sin. Come on. That's what we do. Go ahead, devil. Oh, man, when I heard that, that, that was like, oh, that was so good. I like that guy's ministry, I'll tell you. Go to First Peter 5.8. All right, First Peter 5.8. Oh, let's see. I see it struck a chord in some of you down there too, huh? Hey, Amen. Seventeen sixty nine in my Bible. <laughs> all right. First Peter. Look, everyone thinks a pastor has to have the Bible memorized. No, they don't. All right. Just know where to find it, even if it means putting the page number. All right. First Peter five eight. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Underline the word may. It's interesting how just one word can change the whole context. All right. Let's look at the wording here, though. Be sober, be vigilant. How many of you know? a drunk person's senses are dulled. They don't they don't think straight, do they? Amen. One another thing that Rodney Howard Brown said, uh, we, we watched a video at the leadership meeting Tuesday night, and he said, he said, I've never seen a person who, who drinks alcohol really enter into the things of God. Rodney Howard Brown said, he goes, You if you're a Christian, he said, you choose one. If you want the, the, the wine of men, then that's what you're gonna get. But if you want the wine of heaven, the new wine of heaven, you choose that. You cannot have both. Little divine rabbit trail there. But, anyways, a drunk person's senses are dulled, they don't think straight. So, in other words, this scripture is telling us to live an on purpose Christian life that will not open any doors to the devil in your life. It's saying be watchful. Be alert. Keep your spiritual sensitivity sharp. Keep your discernment sharp as a Christian. Keep it effective. Don't willingly allow yourself to be an open target for Satan and evil spirits. I mean, listen now. A drunk person may be so far gone that they, could, they might run outside of a house uncovered. How can we put that in a spiritual sense? There's many Christians running around uncovered without the spiritual armor on. Their spiritual sensitivity is so dull. Their purpose has become foggy. They don't see straight anymore. Are you hearing me? Now, to be sober and vigilant, we must consciously be alert for the enemy's traps and devices. We've got to. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2.11 that we should not be ignorant of Satan's devices or schemes or traps. In fact, in in this context here, he's talking about about holding unforgiveness toward an individual. And then he goes on to say, "'Less Satan should take advantage of us, "'for we are not ignorant of his devices.'" A lot of Christians kind of just take that and they, they take the S off, you know, of his device. Oh, no, 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 no. The Word of God says there's devices. There's more than just unforgiveness that can open you up to the devil's traps. Are you hearing me? But the devil is seeking whom he may devour. Or whoever willingly opens the door and gives him access into their life. Now this is, come on, follow me now. That door can be open by doing something, and that door can be open by not doing something we should do. Yes. Now listen to me. Many Christians think that simply committing an act of sin... Opens the door to the devil in your life. That, that all sin means you got to do something. What about not doing something that you should do? Now follow me here. There's two, two things you, you classify sin. There's a sin, sins of commission. A sin of commission is where you literally do something in sin. And then there's the sin of Omission is when you don't do something and it's sin. Commission and omission. The sin of omission, well, well, Pastor James, no, no. You're going to have to give me some scripture on that omission thing. What do you mean? The sin of omission is referred to in James 4.17. Where it says, to him that knows to do good and does not do it, to him it's sin. Very interesting, isn't it? Okay? Now, I know a lot of you are, are saying, man, you're just pulling me into condemnation now. No, listen to me. To him who knows and doesn't do it. If there's something not right in your life, the Holy Spirit's trying to reveal that to you. If you are supposed to do something, you'll know it in your heart. You'll just know it. Are you hearing me? So don't run into a, to a ditch here of condemnation. I'm not, but I am saying to him who knows to do good and does it not. To him it is sin. Now, it, from... from uh, hold on here. I want to see where I want to go with this one. Alright, one area that we really need to be sober about, and vigilant about, is the words that come out of our mouth. Now, we know that for us personally it's important. But what about to other people? I'm talking about living an on-purpose life. We need to think about what comes out of our mouth before we talk to people. There are so many people right now who won't even step foot in a church because some Christian offended them by the words they spoke. Rude. They were rude. Are you hearing me? They were rude or, or whatever. We need to purpose in our heart And be conscious of the words that come out of our mouth. We need to walk in love. Are you hearing me? Because when we don't do that, we can set a lot of things on fire in our life. Are you hearing me? But that's a whole other message. But listen, in the area of spiritual warfare, half of the battle, half of the battle is knowing the source of the attack. Knowing the tactics of the enemy. Just know this. How do you know when something's from the enemy? Anything that tries to pull you away from your heavenly Father, anything that tries to pull you away from the Lord Jesus Christ is the will of Satan. I mean, how, how much simpler? I, wish, I mean, I wish I could break it down and sound smarter and more intelligent to you. I wish I could use all the stuff I learned uh, you know, in Bible school on that and just look really intelligent, but Anything that pulls you away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything that keeps you away from gathering together with the saints. Anything that would try to keep you away from hearing the word of God. Reading the word of God is the will of the devil. Amen? James 4, 7. James 4, 7 tells us as Christians, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I want you to notice this. Uh, Many Christians only do the second part. But I want you to notice that we can only resist the devil when we first submit to God and His Holy Word. Many Christians think that resisting the devil is simply uh, yelling and screaming at the devil in anger. No, we are actively, listen, We are actively resisting the devil when we are willingly submitting to God. This is so foolish. The devil could care less if you're screaming and you're spitting hellfire at him, boy. But you don't have the life to back it up. Oh, he'll keep you busy at spitting at him and yelling and screaming at the devil all day. Just as long as you don't submit to God and live the life. Are you hearing me? So you can go ahead and be angry at the devil. You go ahead and yell and verbally bind the devil. But it better be backed up by you submitting to God or those are just empty words. Hallelujah. We must write this down. I got an acronym for you. I found this in my Bible. It was so cool. We must bow to Jesus. B-O-W. We must bow to Jesus. We must believe Obey and worship. Bow. Believe, obey and worship. And everything needs to be in there. You gotta bow to him. You can't bow, you can't bow to him. You gotta worship him too. You gotta bow to him. You can't ow to him because you gotta believe him. (laughs) Amen. You can't BW him because you need to obey him. Now go to 1 Peter 5 again here. Let's look at verses 8 through 11 now. Let's take it a little bit further into this be sober, be vigilant thing, all right? It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now, it says resist him. Resist the devil. And then it tells us how. Steadfast in the faith. Stay in the faith. How do I resist the devil? In the faith. Everything that you need to know to have victory over Satan and evil spirits and sin is in the written word of God. This is the battle plan right here, guys. Are you hearing me? And that's why Satan and evil spirits fight so hard, so hard to distract you and me from from reading it, from studying it. That's why the devil is fighting so hard to keep this very book out of the public schools, out of Washington, D.C. Oh, if you would go back in history and read the accounts of where these atheists and, and these evil people tried to get rid the earth of the Word of God. They would make fire pits and they would throw them all in. But you know what? They couldn't get rid of it. And they still can't. Why? Because the Word of God is supernatural. It's the written word of God. The holy word of God. Amen? Amen. Every day we must purpose and settle it in our heart to stay steadfast in the faith. Steadfast in the faith. When we stay steadfast in the faith, we're resisting the devil. And that's a conscious decision that needs to be made. And then it says while we're resisting the devil... Why we're being sober and vigilant. The Bible says that we need to know as Christians that the same sufferings, the same trials that every true Christian are going to have on this earth because if you're not getting persecution from somewhere you need to check your life. Are you really being a disciple of Jesus Christ? It says that, the sa- that, that in the brotherhood, the Christian, every Christian is going through the same trials as you are. So you know what? Don't lose hope. Just know that every other follower of Jesus Christ is going through the same thing that you are. Amen? All right. Now, my last point here, and I'm done. We must... Some of you just got happy about that. Now stop it. (laughs) Stop it. I rebuke you. Okay. (laughs) All right. My last point. I'm serious. All right. We must make connections with unbelievers on purpose. We must make connections as Christians with unbelievers on purpose. As a Christian, your workplace is no longer your job. That is your ministry assignment from God. Now I don't know why, but The devil has some of you fooled into thinking that your job is simply for making money. Where'd you get that from? It's not. Oh no. You are there to usher the kingdom of God into that place. You are there to be a light in that place. You are there to lead people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to connect with unbelievers with the purpose of introducing them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to me, I'm going to be bold here. Surprise, surprise. If that is not your purpose and motive with an unbeliever when you're with an unbeliever, if that's not your your purpose or motive with an unbeliever do yourself a spiritual favor and just stay away from the unbeliever altogether. Listen, because you are not affecting them, but they're affecting you. You're not rubbing off on them, they're rubbing off on you. Are you hearing me? If leading an unbeliever to Jesus Christ is not your main purpose, and come on, burden of your heart, because that's the Father's heart, is it not? Seeing people getting saved. I'll tell you right now, you're spiritually backslidden. Amen? Now it is getting quiet. You guys can't tell me it's not getting quiet in here now. Amen. So if that's not your purpose, to lead people to Jesus Christ, if you're not going into work every day, you're on your drive to work and you're thinking, what can I do for Jesus today? What, what seeds can I sow today in the hearts of the people? If you're not going to do that, if you're just going to flow with the worldliness do Jesus a favor and don't call yourself a Christian when you're around the unbeliever. If you're just gonna flow in the sin of, with those unbelievers, if if the, if you can't make if they can't make a distinction and see the evidence that you're a Christian, do Jesus a favor. Don't even tell them that you have knowledge of Jesus. That's bold, isn't it? But it needs to be said. Because you are turning people off to the gospel message by your actions. I mean, don't even don't even hint to them that you stepped foot in a church before. If you're not gonna represent your Lord and Savior. Like I, I, I'm telling you, I just really felt the Holy Spirit just lay that upon my heart, heart. He said, I would rather have you to keep your mouth shut around other believers than for you to drag the name of Jesus Christ through the mud with you. Now, it, it, okay, look, it's a free country. There's a free will. If you want to eat the pig slop of the world, go right ahead. Just don't drag others with you. Don't, don't drag Jesus through the mud with you. Because listen, we as Christians are not called to have a beer and a couple hits with that unbeliever, but to live a holy life, to be separate from the world, and plant seeds. Come on, we're in the world, but we can't be of it. We need to be around the unbeliever. How can they hear without a preacher? So we're not supposed to distance ourselves, but we got to be committed, so committed to Jesus Christ, that we rub off on them and they don't rub off on us. Amen? Go to 2 Corinthians 6 as I get ready to close here. 2 Corinthians 6, I mean, I'm not not saying, I have done that before before I, I committed my life to christ i'd be at work you know, i grew up in church but come on it never became heart knowledge until when i was 20 um i'd be at work and you know every every four letter word slinging out of my mouth and the next word that comes out of my mouth i'm talking about jesus i I'd rather have just i should have just kept my mouth shut I, how foolish how foolish amen second corinthians 6 17 through 18 it says therefore come out from among them and be separate says the lord this is new testament i think yes it is uh i knew that (laughs) come out come out I'm, i'm just trying to make a point now come out from among them and be separate says the lord do not touch what is unclean and i will receive you so there are things that are unclean we ought not touch I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord, Lord Almighty. Now look at the next verse, 2 Corinthians 7.1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved Christians, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting, maturing in holiness in the fear of God. This must be done on purpose for the Christian. It it doesn't get much clearer than that, does it? But I want you to notice that according to to 2 Corinthians 7-1 there, our whole purpose and motivation for living a holy life, it's it's not just, you're not being legalistic. Our whole purpose and motivation is found in the previous two verses I read. It says that God will dwell among us. Oh, not only that, but then it says he'll receive us. And then he says, I will be your father. Friends, if that doesn't motivate us to live a holy life, for God to dwell among us, receive us, and be our father, if that doesn't motivate you and I to live a holy life in the fear of God, nothing will. Nothing will. Nothing will. But what I really wanted you to get from today's message is for you, the Christian, to live the Christian life on and with purpose. Don't lose sight of the fact that we are to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ every day. Every day. Every day we have on this earth should be a, should be a step. Every day. Every day. Today is one step. I'm closer to him. Tomorrow, when I lay down in bed, I should say, I drew closer to the Lord today. Next day, I'm drawing closer. Every day is a stepping stone for you and I to draw closer to him. Amen? And we need to willingly, deliberately, and intentionally pull down Satan's kingdom and advance the kingdom of God on this earth. If you agree with that, say amen and stand on your feet this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I went to a church that for 20 years, I, I don't even know if once, I, if, if they did, I don't remember. I never heard once an invitation to make Jesus Lord of, their, of, of your life. Never. Never. And I said, when I got born again, I said, I'm, that's never going to be said of me. I'm going to give people that opportunity. I'm not going to let them walk out the door without giving them an opportunity to make Jesus Lord of their life. Because I don't want their eternity to be on my head. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. You need to do it today. Because tomorrow's not promised to you. Are you hearing me? I'm talking to an unbeliever right now. If you've never made him Lord of your life, come to him today. Next, maybe you're in this place and maybe you are, like I talked about, maybe you're one who's backslidden. Maybe you haven't seen things clearly. Maybe the importance of representing the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, it really hasn't sunk in until today. You you, you see that, you're backslidden. And you need to rededicate. If that's you, I want you to come forward today. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, and you want to do that today, Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want you to come forward today if you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Maybe there's someone in here, you have a physical infirmity, you have a emotional infirmity, maybe you're on the verge of, of suicide desperate situation. You need a miracle in your life, miracle in your family, whatever it is. I just want to open this altar and I want to have the privilege of praying with you today. The rest of you worship the Lord and like Daniel I want you to purpose in your heart. I'm talking to Christians. Purpose in your heart not to defile yourself and to take a step up and draw closer to the Lord every day of your life. Don't go back. Don't go back into the pig slop. Move forward with the Lord today. So those four things I mentioned, I want you to come to this altar.
1: When the storm is raging all around me You are the peace that calms my trouble See When the cares of this world darken my day You are the light that shines and shows me the way All oh, the beauty of Been redeemed and reconciled, caught up in the splendor of it all.
0: All right. Anybody else? Life you Hallelujah. Praise God. God's doing a work, amen. All right. Well, we, uh, we have a RCC members meeting. Now, we don't have an official roll call for membership at RCC, but anybody who would consider RCC their home church, considers me their pastor and this their home church, uh, we ask for you to stick around. We're going to have the members meeting in about 10 minutes, so go on out fellowship for about 10 minutes and uh, greet the visitors and introduce yourselves and we'll round you back in here in about 10 minutes, all right? Hallelujah. Check your bulletins for announcements too, by the way. Some important things coming up.